Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Great People Show. I am your host, J.J. White, and here with me in The Great People Studio in the great United States of America, Muncie. What's up? Good morning. Can I call you by your last name? I everybody else does. I was but, I was I, I've been picking up on that. Yeah, but James is 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 fine. When I uh, when I talk about you and happen to find someone that knows you, they're like, "Oh, Muncie." Yeah, it is much it's, cooler to say than James. It's one of those names that just kind of catches on that way. Well, that's the whole Unlike reason. White. Oh, <laughs> that that never really stuck. No. Yeah. Sure yeah. Not. It doesn't. It doesn't fly well in today's today's society. You doing okay? Yeah, man. I'm doing pretty good. Good. I'm I'm doing great. Um, this this last weekend was a nice surprise, which has really started to direct our our show for today. Um, I'll tell you about that surprise in just a minute. Uh, let's talk about the show. Every show we deliver to you, the listener, the insights and inspiration for a life of significance in serving others because true greatness is serving others. Whether you're listening to us on live radio, Facebook Live, or on the podcast, thank you for being here and allowing us to be a part of your journey. And uh, you can get every show on our website at greatpeopleshow.com. I got to see the new website on Monday. Yeah. I was pretty excited about I, it. I am as well. Yeah. So we've got, uh, we not only have a, a new website coming, we actually have a, a, a new, a new audible, aud- excuse me, a new audio experience coming yes. along with the weekly Great People Show that we have, uh, t- today's our 50th, so these numbers are always unique, right? When people turn 50, that's a huge milestone. Yep. So today's our 50th episode but I'm a little confused because in two episodes, it'll be our 52nd episode. And since we're a weekly show, right. that's one year. So does that mean we get to kind of like party for a couple of weeks? I Definitely. I mean, is that how it rolls? Yeah. You get to celebrate at 50 and then 52. And then I guess after that, you don't really get to celebrate the numbers. I mean, it gets like into the hundreds. You can celebrate 100. 100 yeah, you stop at 75, 100, all the, all the benchmarks. But yeah. no, it's been almost a year now, which is pretty cool, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. I've loved it, man. This has just been a great experience, and you've been with me. Well, let's see. Uh, most of it. Yeah. At this. Yeah. At first, it was like a small <laughs> fraction of it. Now yeah. it's <laughs> as you get older, it just becomes most of Quickly it. Quickly, that changes. Um, so the the surprise I was alluding to earlier, which helped me uh, decide on what this show should be about this week, um, because we did it in the last minute. I'll, uh, I, I'm going to tell another story about that, but. Um, on Sunday, my best friend in the entire world came to visit me in, uh, in Richmond. Mm-hmm. He didn't, well, he didn't come to Richmond to visit me. Right. He was in Richmond with a soccer tournament with his son, which has happened before, but it's been years since he's brought one of his kids to Richmond and we got to see each other. Mm-hmm. And even though we've seen each other since then, we just don't get to see each other that often. And, um, and it's an interesting conversation you have with people because some people have a best friend. Right. Period. That's it. Top of the pecking order. There's always a second, third, and maybe fourth. Yep. Don't eat, don't don't really think about number two and number three, number four. You don't rank them often, but you always rank that one. Yep. Uh, that, that one is at the top. It's your guy or girl. And that exactly. Um, and then you've got some people who they're like, I've got best friends. Uh, right. There's multiples there. For whatever reason, you just don't want to offend anybody because they all think they're the bestie. Yeah, I think the kids now are calling it their crew or oh, squad. So- Oh, it's a squad. I, Eight, well, squad crew. I used to be a know. crew. Squad. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's more terms for it now. <laughs> it was a posse when I grew up. Yeah. 
Yeah, but let's not talk that, about that was that. in the, the late 80s, early 90s. So there was a lot of other posses going yeah. on back in the day. Uh, we were just posers. And um, and then you have some folks that unfortunately don't have a best friend. Mm-hmm. And they literally, they just don't have this, this one person or even, well, they don't have one, they don't have any. But if they don't have that one person that you can really just turn to yeah, for, for whatever. And um, so he, my, my best friend actually goes by multiple names. So we went to kindergarten together. And for back then, he went by Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, over time, he decided to change his name to Josh. Okay. I, I, I don't know if it was just like an early life uh, crisis or, or what that was, but he changed his name to Josh. And um, uh, so I was confused. So I just started calling him Ike. This is a nickname that came up. And we actually call each other Ike. And that was an inspiration for me naming my first child Ike. How about that? Yeah. That's I, pretty cool. And uh, another smaller story there. Sam and I are in the hospital um, because she was being induced. We were having to decide what the name was. We hadn't mm-hmm. decided the name. So uh, I, I wanted to call him Ike, and she thought it was too hardcore for a baby. So that's why we, we went with Isaac and ended up with Ike as he just got a little bit older and looked tough. I, and I, a, a small sense. little baby in a crib, yeah. right? That's just not really tough, really. <laughs> so, um, so we're going to talk about friendship today. And... You know, on the outside looking in, you may think, well, how sexy is the topic of friendship? Well, it's there's actually a lot to it, right? We've got um, best friends. We've got uh, frenemies. We're going to talk about frenemies today. Yeah. James James uh, brought that to the to the table in this whole topic. I can't wait to talk about that. Um, and I've been using the word since we went to social media with it. Monday, authentic. Yeah, and you and I had an interesting conversation about that when we were drinking coffee at a undisclosed Starbucks earlier this week. <laughs> Four hundred of them. Where, where uh, what is the definition of an authentic friendship? And I know yeah. we're going to get that <clears throat> get more into Good that question. today mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what makes a friendship authentic, or should we use the word genuine or even true? Because you see that a lot. What is a what is a true friend? Uh, on this is funny on social media this week, David. Uh, one of our one of our listeners told us an authentic friend is when you show up at my house with a dead body in the trunk. I say nothing and grab my shovel and get in your car. Now that's hilarious. That is hilarious. It's pretty clear and cut and dry how uh, authentic that one is. Um, there are other words that we saw: trust, solid, loving, loving someone at their worst, honesty, transparent, lasting, and the one that um, definitely defines my my friendship with Ike which several people said, it's it's like not being able to see them for years or even talking to them. And when they show up, as if there no time has gone by. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about a, a rock solid connection where, uh, and I actually saw this one several times. It's like you're living life together, but separately. That's, yeah. that's intense, man. Absolutely. That's a bestie right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and friends play a role in our life. And I'm going to say something very controversial because this has got to be a conversation we have here on the show, that, um, and this is my opinion, that there is no unconditional love that exists between people. Even with our best friends, it's very conditional. They serve a purpose in our life or they wouldn't be there. And I found there are friends that when I spend time with them, I'm the one sharing my problems and, and they are a great listener and maybe fixer. Other friends, they are usually sharing their problems and I'm the listener and the fixer. And, and rarely do I have a friendship where there's a good combination of both. And I think there's a good reason for that. We're going to talk about that. Are friendships selfish? Well, let's think about this. 
you want to spend time with them. You get great feelings and experiences with them. They give you a sense of belonging. The closest friendships can be some of the most self-serving relationships we have. Whoa, wait a minute. That's controversial. Is that a really bad way to look at it or just realistic? Or is it the most authentic way to look at your closest relationships? Why we're talking about this today is because we can take people for granted and not be the truest, best, and dare I use the word greatest we can be for our friends. A theme on the show has always been think less about ourselves and serve others more. We don't think this applies to our friends, but I'll challenge you to think the people that are closest and need us the most may be getting less than the best of us. It's an important conversation to have. And uh, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we want to find out what makes friendships work. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show will be right back. Call into the show at 804-454-1366. Now back to The Great People Show live. Call into the studio at 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. So I don't know how friendly James is feeling this morning. I'm always friendly. I think he wants to beat me up a little bit. Well, friends beat up each other. They do. I mean, if they're good friends. If, beat they're, up each if other. they're good friends, they're honest with each other, yeah. right? If you haven't actually come to fists with your friends, they're not good friends. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> so it's not that I disagree with anything you said, but I want to clarify a few things and, and make sure we're on the same page here. Because okay. in what you said just before the break, you were talking about close or you were talking about authentic and genuine friends, and then you were talking about you know, best friends and, and, you know, your friend who will, uh, who will help you, you know, bury a dead body. (laughs) And I just wanted to clarify that a, a best friend and a genuine friend can be two very different things. And genuine friends aren't necessarily those who will help you bury that body in the woods. In other words, I have friendships that are just through business who really, are only in the business world. Mm-hmm. I have friends who are, are only within the world of our church. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, and then I have, you know, social friends and I have, I have friends that I've known since high school and, and ones that I've just met for the last year. Yep. My point is that even that friendship that came through business, that really most of what we talk about is, is, is business that we do together, but we may occasionally go out to dinner with each other. We may go skiing during the winter or something like that. That, is still, in my opinion, an authentic friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I genuinely like the person. I, I like to be around them. I think they like to be around me. Probably if I'd made a career change, I might not. Our, our friendship would probably dissolve because the foundation of our friendship is still business. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's not authentic. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I, I, um, I, 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 had, I throw this question out to our audience is, how many times have you had a job and you've had friends. Yeah. And when you've left the job, you never talk to 99% of those people ever again. Right. So does that mean they weren't friends? No. Or does that mean you were just friendly with them? And we're not talking about acquaintance friends. I'm talking about folks that maybe you did things outside of work with those people. Listen, the definition of friend, nowhere in there does it say that this is a person that you're going to have a relationship with for the rest of your life. That that is not mm. a that is not a requirement or a precursor to being 
a friend. A friend could be somebody that, yeah, the moment you move away, the moment you quit that job, whatever, you're, you're probably not going to talk to them again. So maybe we're talking about friends for the moment, like friends for the season. I shouldn't say friends for the moment because it's it's usually longer term than that. But there's a season. Like our our work for that, for those few years was a season. Yeah. Where we were living, our neighborhood. How many times have you had friends in the neighborhood? When you moved out of the neighborhood, you never talked to them again. Right. Or maybe initially when you moved, you talked to them some, you know, and it kind of just fades out. Yeah. Right? But does that, does, does that, uh, should we question the quality of the friendship because... They were just convenient friends. Because that's a big, I think that's another word is convenient friends. It's a friendship of convenience. Yeah. Work work friends are convenient friends. Sure. Is there anything wrong with that? Good question. That's what we want to talk about. I would say not. I need some feedback on this. I would this. say no. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Well, it de- I guess maybe it does depend on where you spend your energy, where you spend your time, where you spend your focus. And, and if I can do something for that person to make their life just a little bit better for the six months we were friends... I think mm-hmm. that's okay. I like your point. Just because you're friends with someone doesn't mean you signed this lifelong contract with somebody. It's not like friendship till, you know, death do us part. Yeah. Marriage, marriage is death do us part. And that's a friendship that should stick around until th- the end. But that, even those don't work out 50% of the time. Well, that's, that's true. And, and ironically, I've seen a lot of people be better friends when they get out of marriage. Yes. <laughs> when they're yes. in the marriage. I know. I know somebody right here in Richmond uh, who owns a very successful business who is uh, was married to her husband when she started the business with him. Uh, they're now divorced. And uh, they are they are far closer now than they ever were when they were married. They've been running this mm-hmm. business together for 15 years. It. Divorced. How, how many times has marriage screwed up a good friendship? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That said, my wife is by far my best friend. And when we start talking about about best friends, those are those are the re- the friendships that hopefully should go the distance. Yeah. Regardless of career, regardless of where you live, mm-hmm. and like like your friend uh, Ike that you were talking Ike. about, Ike, you Ike. can still you can be apart for a, a long amount of time. And when you when you get back together again, it's like no time has passed at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the I think conditions that we put on friendships that make them good, bad, indifferent, whatever whatever the quality of that friendship is, is the ulterior motives. You were sharing with me how you have friendships in the fire department, and there's there's just there's no ulterior motives, right? They don't want something from you. You don't want something from them. It's not like it, it's it's, uh, and I don't know that we are very conscious about our ulterior motives oftentimes. Well, you know, sometimes the cynic in me will ask with someone, okay, is this person just trying to be friends with me because we have, they've got a biz, a business interest with mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. Is there an ulterior motive here? And it's, it's, I've had a few places in my life. Um, I was in a fraternity in college, made a lot of friends there that mm-hmm. I have, you know, still close friends. I mean, for life, those best friends. Yeah. And through the fire. Can I stop for yeah. a second? So you're, you're, you made close best friends. In how many, how many are we talking? Like roughly in, in your fraternity that you, that you would label that way? Uh, probably about, about 15. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. I, this, this begs another question is, can you handle that many best friends? No. Well, okay. So it depends on your definition. In, in that situation, what level of contact do you still have with those 15 guys? 
Uh, we see each other. We usually try to go tailgate at a football game okay. uh, together okay. annually. We have a, a closed Facebook group together where okay. we all make all fun right. of each other and such. <laughs> so there is a, uh, there is a strong level of connection that's still happening yeah. with oh, these yeah. 15 guys. Oh, yeah. And um, <clears throat> how do you maintain that much emotional energy for, because that's just 15 besties in one group. Then you got, do you have any best friends in the, in, in like other areas, like other than like a fraternity? Well, I mean, I just, I've got my group of friends in, in the, the fire department. Okay. That is probably where I spend most of my social time okay. with that group. Um, and yeah. then, yeah. and then I've got a handful of friends that are, are just, you know, that I've met through my wife that I've met through, um, you know, different places, you know, Will, who's on the show, uh, mm-hmm. on the, uh, called in a couple of weeks ago, you know, Will is, is by far one of my closest friends. Uh, we met through our wives. Yep. I got a loaded question for you. If you were in desperate need of something, uh, let's say it's 2 a.m., your car broke down, and how many of these, and, and you were straight in the middle of nowhere, and let's assume all all these besties are within a reasonable distance. Mm-hmm. I know there's some that aren't and wouldn't count, but how many of these folks do you think would, how many do you think, how many people in your life do you think would come get you at 2 a.m. to get you to a safe spot because you were stuck somewhere? How many people? Oh gosh, with me it's all because of the because of the stuff I do at the fire department, man. That's that's a that's a brotherhood that yeah. I mean seriously, I, I mean in excess of of thirty people okay. easily. I mean a lot, but I'm I'm a, I feel like I'm I'm sort of the exception there. Well, I just thought of that question, and I hadn't even thought about my own answer. So yeah, I'm, I was I'm say, already what about little, you? I'm already a little disappointed in trying to come up with enough people to that would come. You get can me. call me anytime, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I. I so, and that's not even a fair question to ask about best friends because I would do it with, for someone that I don't even know. Yeah. Okay. That's that that that's probably an exceptional situation because the humanity in us, regardless of whether you're um, shallow friends, close friends, best friends, the humanity in us will do things for people that we don't know simply because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And um, not saying that you should pick up people walking along the interstate at two a.m. Uh, it's probably not a good practice. And it, I actually get conflicted about that because I've seen these kind of things happen and you wonder, well, wow, should I stop? There's no police around. Uh, just, you get a little, little skittish, but, um, I want to flip this. I want to flip the subject before we get to our next break to talk about something else it, around family members. How many people in our families, how many people in your families do you may not even consider to be a friend? Lots. I'm not even talking about like estranged. Those are the, to me, those are the obvious ones that you wouldn't consider to be a friend. Yeah. Like if you, if someone's done something bad or said something bad or behaved poorly, uh, they've done something to you, I can understand why that family member is not a friend. But I'm talking about the folks that you have no reason not to be a friend with them. Are you, would you consider those family members to be a friend? I mean, my definition of a friend is, is really, really simple. And we were talking about this the other day. My definition of a friend is someone who I enjoy spending time with merely because I enjoy their company and who feels the same way about spending time with me. Do you have family reunions? Uh, occasionally. Yeah, we yeah, don't, we used to so I can't, really get, I can't really experience that. But So how many family members though meet that definition? That's a good question. I, I, it's like when you get, so a lot, of, a lot of families only see each other once a year. Right. And they don't talk to each other, they don't text each other, they don't Facebook each other, they don't do anything with each other until the next year. I don't know if I'd consider that person... A friend, if you don't even want to talk to them in between those family reunions and their family. I mean, is that bad? No. Do they have to be friends no. because they're in your family? Absolutely not. You didn't get to choose them. No. <laughs> That's for sure. God chose them. 
and and it doesn't mean you don't love them, right? But it doesn't mean again. It, well, that, that definition is a simple one. There are a lot of family members whose merely being in their presence is not an enjoyable experience. And, for me. and here's the challenge: it, I'm going to challenge people to make friends with family members that you wouldn't necessarily find yourself talking to or spending time with outside of the occasional holiday or family reunion. And I agree they don't have to be friends, but folks, the world is chock full of things that we don't have to do. I personally believe, and I love your comment, God gave us those family members. We didn't get to choose them. Well, maybe you're supposed to do something with it. Maybe you're supposed to be closer to those folks than you are. Because nothing I think is more frustrating when you get around people especially family members, and it's the most shallow conversation. Hey, what's up? Not much, man. How's it going? Good. How's the family? Oh, the family's going great. How's work, right? It's like you're barely catching up on the bare essentials with each other over years of time that has gone by. I mean, my youngest brother is 10 years younger than I am. He is in a place in his life that is way different than mine. Mm -hmm. We have basically nothing in common. Love him would do anything to help him. Mm-hmm. We we don't we that's us. We have nothing mm-hmm. to talk about. So, um, what about asking him questions to figure out and, and get him to communicate more about things that are going on in his life that you may not really have an interest in? I mean, what's wrong with getting that to come out? I guess I guess nothing. Who's I, should, gonna, I should make you're making me feel terrible. Who's going to make that? Who's going to make that jump? <laughs> you or him, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of our role in life is to be the one that initiates. Because if we sit around and wait for other people to initiate these things in our friendships and our families, we could die lonely. I mean, we have to be the initiator in a lot of these things. And um, I'm I have family members that I'm starting to reconnect with more, and it's very very difficult to do it with someone that you have been somewhat estranged with. So we're talking about friendships and what we can do better to make these relationships stronger. Don't go away, folks. The Great People Show will be right back. Call into the show at 804-454-1366. Now back to The Great People Show live. Call into the studio at 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. So what about trust in friendships? Hmm. There's a there's a dichotomy here that is fascinating to watch. Uh, I don't know that some of our closest friends are even the ones that we would fully trust with all the information. You have a lot of thoughts on this one. Well, you and I were talking about the other day where there are just certain human beings that are, for example, terrible about keeping secrets. <laughs> you know, you you tell them something yeah. and they, they can't help themselves. They have to tell everybody. And my whole point was that a lot of the time when people think about someone who's a good friend, it's again, it's that person you can bury the body in the woods with and they'll, mm-hmm. they'll keep it a secret. There are certain people who just intrinsically can't do that. And in my opinion, that doesn't mean that they can't be a close friend it doesn't mean that they're not an authentic friend. It just means that, hey, you know, Johnny can't keep a secret to save his life, so yeah. don't tell him anything. And we're obviously giving him a pass. Yeah. Because, uh, and most of us are observant enough to know that, well, I'm not going to tell them anything because that guy blabs about everything. Exactly. So we're just not going to reveal a part of ourselves. And it's, is that okay? I guess it's okay. To, you know, we can't have, I think a trap that we fall into, I know a trap that we fall into 
is that we try to surround ourselves with people that are exactly like us, mm-hmm. that we, we lack diversity in our friendships on well, the, all levels. The first thing that any human tries to do, and think about this, when you meet a stranger, if you're at a business conference, if you're anywhere and you're meeting somebody for the first time, the first thing that we do is we try to find things that we have in common. Yeah. We ask, where are you from? What do you do? Are you married? Do you have kids? We mm-hmm. are grasping for anything that we have in common yep. to start to build a relationship. Yep, yep. That, that's it's how easy we operate. To, it's easy to talk to. It's easy to find a connection to. It's comfortable. Um, it, we, we are just generally happier when we can talk to people that we we share something. And, and it's it can get frustrating and, and almost uh, boring in a way if you're – trying to find something in common and you just can't. And this is what I, with my challenge earlier is, um, it's okay to, it's okay to be friends with people that we don't have a lot in common with. And we have to find that out. A challenge we have is that we bail too quickly with people because we don't have that in common. Um, and oftentimes we start a relationship with someone as frenemies. Frenemies. As frenemies. That, that's where the relationship started. I often in the programs that I deliver, Often, when we're talking about becoming interested in other people, I will often say, and, and I will preface it with, this question can go, can go horribly wrong. How many of you have a close friend now, maybe a best friend, and that relationship started as frenemies and multiple hands go up? Oh, so yeah. a lot of people have people that started off as, as frenemies. Uh, I wasn't really familiar with this term until I had a daughter. And now I'm identifying her frenemies. And it's funny because the moms are in open communication about the frenemies. <laughs> so, so help us out now. What, what is your definition of a frenemy? It's like, um, it's, it's almost like, just think bipolar, right? One minute you're like best friends and you're playing and you're loving each other. The next minute you're throwing things at each other. You're mad at each other. And then the next minute you're friends again. Okay. It's like at, at moments you can't stand each other, but you also can't stand to be away from each other. Mm. It's the weirdest thing, I think, with people. And it's probably frenemies are more common and easier to handle when you're a kid because you just don't know a lot. You don't know better about certain things. When you get to be an adult, you just say, look, I don't want any drama. I'm out of here. I would hope. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. You know, and it's (laughs) interesting hearing from like the kid's point of view. I've always thought about a frenemy as somebody who... I don't really like and who I probably think doesn't really like me, mm-hmm. but when I'm around them, I'm going to pretend to be their friend I because I have an interest in doing so. That's a great definition. And sometimes it does turn into a genuine friendship down yep. the road. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Part, partly, if not wholly, because you just found more things in common. Mm-hmm. You found an appreciation for each other somewhere. Uh, sometimes those those folks have bold personalities. We have friends that have bold personalities. Yes. And it can be just as annoying as it is funny to watch. So you just deal with certain things. I have a fair number of friends that have big egos that whenever other people know they're friends with me, they ask me, how do you, how do you handle the the ego? I'm like, I, I don't get my ego involved. The reason they can't handle it because they get their ego involved with this other person's ego. Like, just don't get your ego involved. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, just I guess that a lot of people wouldn't choose to spend time with other with people who are like that, I guess. And 
it's a convenience, right? Mm-hmm. I, I see them around a lot. Uh, it's not like I'm saying, you know, you and I ought to go and like hang out together. Yeah. I typically don't do that with, with those folks, but I wouldn't mind it if we did. Sometimes we end up at conferences together or something. And you do end up spending a lot of time with them. I actually enjoy it. I, what I, what I enjoy is getting to someone's personality that no one else takes time to get to. So I have no interest in spending time with someone who I just can't stand. And I think you and I are both thinking we have Well, a, I'm glad you're here. We have a mutual <laughs> Definitely not present company. But you and you and I have a mutual acquaintance who uh who, you know, I it's funny because we talk about about him sometimes mm-hmm. and someone who I want nothing to do with whatsoever. Right. I just don't care to be around him. And, and you can kind of I shrug your shoulders. I and enjoy it. I don't know how you do it. I, it's, uh, I see them on a, on a, on a regular basis, uh, probably at least once a month. And, um, I kind of, it, it used to, and it used to not be like that. There yeah. used to be a lot of abrasion, a lot of hard feelings. Uh, it was based around an event in, or events that were happening. I, I tend just not to hold grudges, maybe to a fault, but you know, James, I'm also a fixer, right? I, I'm, I, I I enjoy investing time in people, and I know I do this too much. I invest too much time in people to try to to try to help them solve their problems and live a better life, even if they don't want to, or if they can't identify that ego that's getting in their way. That's part of maybe that's part of my selfishness in being in a friendship is I'm in it to help them, even when they don't need any help. Maybe so, and I think it, that's noble, but in my opinion, life is too short yeah. to spend time with people whom are, are, are not driving us in a positive direction. And the other side of it is I don't have time to keep searching for new friends. I just, <laughs> you know, I kind of like the ones that are handed to me on a silver platter by God and say, here, you do something with it and, uh, or, or play a part in that person's life. So this, this actually leads us to another question. Um, and I want to get to, I got a nice little list of signs that you may be a bad friend. Oh. Um, how often are we altering our personalities so that, so that people think we're a friend. And, and why time. do we want to, why do we so badly want to be their friend? All the time. Why do we change who we are to fit someone else's mold of friendship? All different reasons. Why? Okay, I'll give you a few. So maybe there is a, a, a true existing friend of yours mm-hmm. who has a friend of theirs that you don't really care for or mm-hmm. that you don't really think you fit with. And you alter your personality a little bit because you want to be in that group yeah. with them. You want to be accepted. Maybe I think that's the keyword acceptance. Ex- absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have somebody in business who you would not normally hang out with, who is just different, you know, whole different spectrum yeah. of personality than you. And you change the way you are around them because you want to be in their circle for your own gain within business. I think, I think, I think you nailed it. It's, it's, it's acceptance. Yeah. It's you want people to like you. You want people to think highly of you. And we're willing to change our personality to be that person's friend. I, I have certain friends where I talk a lot around and I'm um, type A. Right. And I, I kind of, seems like I always have something to say or I'm funny or whatever. And then I have other friends where I get very docile around mm-hmm. because they are that way. I tend to not reflect them as much as go the other direction so that they feel more comfortable in that friendship. <laughs> and I don't, I don't. I, I was about to say I don't purposely do it. I must purposely do it because I do it. But I don't, I'm not conscious of the fact that I, I'm a, a slightly different person around different people just to fit in around, you know, just to fit in with that personality a little bit more. So is that okay? Should you be doing that? 
I feel inauthentic when that happens, but at the same time, maybe that is part of my authenticity is allowing that other person to be free on, on who they are rather than me trying to battle them, right? Battle the egos or battle the words or whatever that might be or trying to, that, um, the, the friendly competition that you get into with friends or yeah. unfriendly competition you get into with friends. I mean, why do we hang out in friendships that are based in um, driving each other in the wrong direction? Yeah, I mean, and, and the whole opposites attract thing is true, right? I mean, it's rare. It's not. It's it's fairly rare that two very large ego A type people can be best friends. Marie um, on Facebook Live just made a comment that I think is very powerful. It says, "If our vision is to be present and positive, we can adapt to anyone in any situation." Maybe what I was describing earlier was was being present, being present with that person, and allowing them to um, to to be themselves. Um, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, signs you may be a bad friend, and we're going to give you some techniques on what to do different in your friendships. Don't go away. The Great People Show will be right back. Call into the show at 804-454-1366. Now back to The Great People Show live. Call into the studio at 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. Signs you may be a bad friend. Sort of scared about this, this one. This is scary. So this one yeah. comes from um, selfstairway.com. You project your own negative qualities onto them. So what does that mean? Misery loves company, brother. Mm. Meaning if you're if you're upset about something, you're just going to try to do something to get them upset so that you're upset together. Yeah, we see that one a lot. Yeah. I've, I've, I've certainly done that. I do that a lot. <clears throat> you know, negative qualities, I, I project my negative emotions onto my spouse a lot mm-hmm. because she's the one person that I can kind of unconditionally vent to. And sometimes I feel really guilty after that because maybe she was in a great mood and yeah. now I've just dumped a bunch of just garbage that's on my mind on her and, and it brings her down. And you, it, it was probably a moment where you just dumped it into the room and she happens to be in there and you just wanted to get that off your chest. Well, she's If I'm having a bad day, I pick up the phone and I call her and I tell her I'm having a bad day. She does the same with me, but yeah. Yep. Other signs you start criticizing or blaming them for everything. Mm. I don't. I don't know if I have a, a a friendship where I've done that. Maybe my youth, but no. I mean, I think that I. You know, I. I. I certainly don't do this, but I. I know I have friends who certainly do this to their significant others. Yeah. Yeah. And family. So if if, yeah. if it's a family member that's also a friend, I think this is really easy to do. Um, you only spend time with them when you need something. Mm. That to me, that's a. That's a. That's a signal. That's a signal. It is. And you know, we we were, you and I were talking about this one earlier this week and I was I was saying how we all have that friend or those friends that and and I use friends sort of in quotation marks where <laughs> when course. you when you see their name pop up on your phone that they're calling yep. you, the first thought on your mind is, "Oh, he needs something." Yep. Because that's the mm-hmm. only time I ever hear from. Him. And and I have a I have a friend that calls me. The only time he ever calls me is when he doesn't need anything. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's ever actually needed anything. Yeah. He just loves to call and talk. Don't be that don't be that guy that calls only when you need something. Yeah. You evade all responsibility, leaving them to handle it at all. I think some of that is based in trust and also reliance and perhaps codependency. Right? Where you're you're just you're 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 letting someone in your life handle the the tough things for you. 
because you depend on them to do that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a tough situation. Uh, another sign you might be a bad friend, you never think about how they may feel. I find yeah. this, this is prevalent in just about any relationship. I had breakfast with uh, with a new friend yesterday that just moved in the area and, and was introduced to me. And very quickly, he's like, so how's it going with you, man? And, um, and I answered the questions, but I've quickly wanted to say, well, what about you? Mm-hmm. You know, you just moved here. Oftentimes that doesn't happen in friendships. Someone asks you, how are you doing? And that entire conversation is how you're doing. And then you say, all right, well, you know, let's catch up soon. Like you don't, you're not even thinking about the other person. People really like talking about themselves. We all do. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes talking about themselves. And a good exercise, even with a close friend, when you're having a conversation with someone, stop occasionally and think to yourself, who's doing most of the talking here? <laughs> yeah. And if the answer is I am, then ask a question or shut the heck up yeah. and and let the other person talk. I and and I will give multiple I think ex- exceptions to to this particular one because I said it earlier in the show. There are friends where I'm always turning to them and they're giving me advice mm-hmm. and then different friends they're always turning to me and I'm giving them advice. I feel like that is my role in our friendship. None of those folks are folks. None of those folks are folks that would uh spend I would spend like leisure time with. Mm-hmm. It's it's usually a friendship based on iron sharpens iron. In fact, these are also friends that I may avoid if I've done something that would look negatively upon me and I know they're going to give me grief or they're yeah. going to give me a talking to if if they knew it. And I know eventually I'm probably going to share it with them. So I avoid them to a point where like, okay, I guess I need to tell this person what's going on. Like I I have one friend, I was like the last person to find out he was getting divorced. And I thought like I was the bestie. But <laughs> I knew in the back of my mind and in my heart, it's because... I was probably going to be the one friend he knew would be most disappointed in in that happening in their relationship. So I was going to be the last one to find mm-hmm. out. Um, here's another common one. You have a need to one-up them. I think we get very competitive with our friends. Like the yeah. people that are closest to us and find out that they bought something new or they get to do something. And and it's just a draw. It's a keep it up with the Joneses, especially if it's like neighborhood friends or family family friends. That we just get, uh, we get competitive. We, we, we want, we desire. We do. There are people who want up literally every conversation they're having. And we should all know people like that. Um, we've got one sort of in, in one of my groups of friends and, and sadly (laughs) behind his back, everybody is always, you know, if, if we're together and he's not there and, you know, you say, well, you know, I'm, I'm. I just bought a new truck. You know, somebody will say, well, you know, I don't know if you heard John built his own truck and it's made of solid gold. And his name is not John, by the way, but but like, yeah, don't be that person. And John would, would, would be the guy that would just say, well, you know, everything that you respond with or that, that person responds with is I, me. Yeah. And some of the craziest stuff, um, I can't remember. Wasn't there like a skit on, on like, like, well, you know, um, I got, I got uh, to go on a trip with, oh, really? Actually, uh, I went to the moon the other day and <laughs> you know, it's like making fun of those kind of people because those yeah. people totally exist. It's, they do. they've always done something or have something that's better than everyone else. Now that's not to be confused with, we were talking about earlier in the show, how something that we all try to do by, by human nature is we try to build rapport with people by finding things in common. So if somebody tells a story about a trip they took to Jamaica, if I've been to Jamaica as well, 
the first thing I'm going to say, oh, I've been there yeah. too. Did you go up Duns River Falls? And yeah. there's a there's a difference between sharing sharing commonalities yeah. mm-hmm. and and one upping. And think about which of those two you're tending to do more. Of. Actually, uh, actually bought a resort in Jamaica. <laughs> that mount you're talking about, yeah. I, I own I own a piece of that 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 mountain. That's the kind of stuff yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, I, yep. I bought an airline company just to specifically take people to Jamaica. To Jamaica, and uh, I imported the sand that's on all the beaches there. <laughs> that's right. I made the sand. Yeah. I, I crushed it. I crushed seashells. Uh, and last one here on this list, you never stick to your word. And this probably is one of the most important part of being a good friend is to make sure that you do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. And um, it's bad enough you do that too often with people that you're not friends with, but geez, I mean, these are people that are closest to us. Actions so, always speak louder than words. And I heard a saying one time, um, I'm sorry, your your actions are speaking so loud, I can't hear a word that you're saying. <laughs> yeah. um, so we, we want to leave you, the audience, with some gold, whether it be a gold truck or just gold nuggets of wisdom, um, something to do different in your friendships. Number one, be more conscious of how much you complain around them. You mentioned this earlier about Catherine. Yeah. Just because they are your friend doesn't give you a right to always unload your negativity on them. They deserve better than that. Now, wait a minute. Does this mean that if we're having a bad day and we need that friend as a sounding board to just get some stuff off our chest, does that mean we, that we're being a bad friend if we do that? Well, the, the respectful way to do it is to say, man, I've, I've had a really rough day. And they say, well, what's going on? And you say, well, I don't want to ruin your day. And they're like, no, go ahead. Uh, tell me. I might be able to help. Like, I think there's this permissive thing that has to happen mm. in a friendship before we like, dude, you wouldn't believe what happened to me today. Freaking went to Jamaica. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. whatever. Um, so I think you just have to have some parameters. You just have to be sensitive. You have yeah. to be respectful of your friends rather than assuming they want all your garbage that morning. No, that's fair. Maybe they've had a worse day than you've had. Mm. Maybe they're just tired of hearing all your mess. You don't know, right? Number two. Don't gossip about them or to them. I, it blows my mind that good friends gossip around each other or gossip behind each other's back. We're especially good at that in the South. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> and bless their heart. Yes. Right. But then we, we talk about them behind their back. Um, and even your closest friend will wonder if you're talking about them behind their back too, if you're gossiping to them about other people. Yeah. So this is this is just something. I I, I am very cautious about uh, trash that I talk to other people because it sends a signal. It's 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 horrible for my mind anyway, but it sends a signal to the people you're talking to. It's like, what do they say about me behind my back? Exactly. That mm-hmm. last part is the biggest of all. What do you look like? And when you're talking about John behind his back, when you're saying that mm-hmm. to Matt, Matt's like, exactly. He's saying, gosh, yep. what, what the heck is he saying about me when I'm not here? Exactly. Uh, number three, don't feel obligated to be someone's friend just because it's it's convenient. And and if you're both okay with that type of relationship, like if it's a business relationship or, or, you know, if it's a client sales relationship, if it's a coworker relationship, even if it's a boss employee relationship, I've had some bosses and I've, and I've certainly worked with a lot of bosses is they want all their employees to be their friends. And then their employees become their friends because it's their boss. And they feel like if they can't be their friend or don't want to be their friend, it hurts the relationship. Some people just want that type of relationship is, don't feel obligated to be that person's friend simply because it's convenient. Yeah. Um, I personally don't have all the energy to have that many friends anyway. Um, number four, you probably need to give them more time. 
Facebook and texting doesn't count. What? Um, absolutely. These like the the taking for granted of our friends today is thinking we are maintaining a relationship because you Facebook them or you like their comment or you give them a hard time on Facebook or you send them a quick text, you send them a meme, that that's enough to keep that strong relationship going. Might. If you have that relationship, you can spend years apart and then see each other and you're great friends again. Wonderful. But what are you giving up? Because you've decided not to give that friend your time and attention anymore. Yeah. Uh, it made me realize on Sunday, I need to keep calling Ike. I need to make sure that that we stay more connected with each other because these are people that that have been brought into your life for a very specific reason. And just because everything's okay doesn't mean that's the best that it can possibly be. Sometimes our friends in this world have been brought to us simply to correct some behaviors that we have or to move us to another level of performance. And then we put them on the side burner because everything's fine. I have a problem with that. So we need to do maintenance on our friendships. Yes, absolutely. Intentional maintenance. Mm. Um, next one, give more than you take. Amen. I think you should measure your friendships and be like, you know, I've just basically taken too much from this person recently. I need to give something back to them. Maybe it's a gift. Maybe it's a conversation. Maybe it's, I don't know, anything. Just give more than you take. And this last one, which uh, I challenge you in all of your friendships, and this this could be tough for many of you, is to be vulnerable. I've noticed the more I open up to new friends, it creates a stronger bond faster. Sometimes I've opened up so quick, some people, it makes them feel a little uncomfortable. But yeah. then it gives them permission to open up to me. But that's the kind of friendship I'm looking for. I'm looking for that kind of friendship. Me too. And we all have a tendency, especially in a new relationship, whether it's a, a friendship, whether it's a, a romantic relationship, we all put up these shields, you know, mm -hmm. we all put up these fronts and that's, that's disgenuine. Yeah. And, and, and that doesn't mean necessarily if you start dating someone on the first date, you say, by the way, uh, I'm being treated for depression and I'm no. counseling three times a week. Not at all. Just, you know, I don't mean that vulnerable right. unless you need to do that to qualify your significant other, but just being being you. Mm -hmm. I think so many times, especially new friendships, we don't allow ourselves to come out and just be ourselves. And then later on in life, they don't want to be our friend because we were someone else before. So I'm going to challenge you, our audience members, is to look at your friendships completely different and give more than you're taking from them and serve your friends first. I love serving other people that are in need and people I don't know but it is more important to serve the people that are closest to us first. So thank you all for being here today. This has just been another great, great people show, James. Thanks for being here. I, I'm glad I could be here. You're a good friend. You're and, a good uh, friend too. Thanks, thanks for, for being my, thanks for being a bestie <laughs> and in, in, in the inner circle. Um, we come to you live every Thursday morning from nine to 10. You can catch us on Facebook. You can catch us on 820theanswer.com. Check out the podcast. All of this stuff you can find on our website at greatpeopleshow.com. And we've got really cool stuff coming down. So go and start subscribing and you're going to be finding new ways every day to change your life. See you, folks. Something just like this Where'd you wanna go? Thanks for joining us. Tune in to the Great People Show again next week.